guys, oh, what's going on, man? Welcome back to another episode of the Arsenio CSL Podcast. And today, we are going to focus on close listening skills, baby. That's right. First and foremost, remember we've been talking about infinitive phrases that we talked about in the last podcast, but what we need to figure out more is about predicting information. This is going to be really, really good for those of you who take IELTS and those of you who possibly even listen to podcasts. You know, that's going to be an upgrade for you from you. Well, you already listened to a podcast. <laughs> I'm a fool. But anyways, predicting particular things because I'm so good at predicting now. Sometimes I know just by what people are saying in one sentence, I know what the idea will, you know, the idea that will come after unless their brain is all over the place or their mind is all over the place, such as, you know, what I go through during particular stints. But because my ESL podcast is so structured, I know exactly what to say, when to say, how to say it. There you go. You understand what I'm saying? So here we go. What we got? Again, I was just going to tell you guys the questions and the answers but if you guys want to answer those and if you guys want your feedback uh, in terms of that, go on to my blog. Obviously, you already know that those are always available. So go on to my blog, check it out, look at the questions, look at the answers. You're going to be listening to almost an almost six-minute little um, lecture about, let's just say, forming, storming, norming, and performing. This is a model of group development. All right. So with that being said, guys, I'm going to be kicking this bad boy off. And hey, guess what? This is going to be a really, really good one for you to also showcase your Cornell notes. And if you don't like Cornell, to hell with this. Showcase, input your name, notes. All right. To hell with Cornell. To hell with the Ivy League. Showcase your note-taking capabilities if you do not want to do the additional exercise, which is located on my blog. So, without further ado, guys, let's get right into this bad boy. I'm going to describe a real-life intervention that I undertook during this phase at a multinational company that was experiencing problems. They faced two major risks. The first was that the project could fail giving their competitors an advantage in the marketplace, financial services, your own area, which is why I have chosen it, obviously. The second was more significant in the long term. There was a real danger that the team would become dysfunctional and no longer be fit for purpose. In other words, the management would be forced to restructure and even recruit new staff. So they called my company in to facilitate at this stage, and this is what we did. By the way, this will be the basis of your written assignment, so you'll need to take comprehensive notes. Without going into details of the actual project, which is confidential, incidentally, the first thing I found were the two classic types of conflict. The first was intragroup conflict, or infighting, which is probably more common in the modern workplace than in the past, perhaps as a result of the increased emphasis on group and teamwork. Anyway, there were clear divisions within the team on a quite personal level. I observed that one of the points of conflict concerned vacations. Assistants weren't entitled to paid leave while other staff was, so my first action was to recommend that the five assistants got three days paid leave there and then. You could see that every one of them was stressed and anxious and close to leaving the company. 
Three days off was the best immediate decision, and the conflict was immediately reduced. Another thing I saw was that meetings were very stressful and unpleasant. They were always held in the coordinator's office, which was a small, uncomfortable space that everyone around could see into and hear what was going on. This must have been a real distraction during meetings, actually. And it had no natural light, which can be a real negative. This location, I felt, may have been giving too much power to the coordinator, who perhaps felt she had to show her power to people who were watching from outside. So we decided to try something that worked in big, busy companies before, assigning them a closed, quiet space with plenty of sunlight where we could meet in the mornings. It was amazing what a difference this seemingly minimal change made. Now, an additional possible reason for its success, I would suggest, was that maybe it shook the team up. They were in a routine established in the norming phase that needed changing. And it put a stop to the coordinator's need to show her power. She started to participate as an equal. The second type of conflict is called task conflict. As you can imagine, this comes from different perspectives on the best way to achieve a workplace task. So in this situation, there were serious issues over deadlines. The project involved several managers who all thought they had a right to decide on the timelines. And they all had, let's say, differing views on the timelines for completion of various stages of the project. The underlying problem was that they saw themselves as competitors, not teammates. Please don't think I'm trying to, to run them down, by the way. It's totally normal when you have more than one person in charge. It is almost certainly guaranteed to weaken leadership values. They were all excellent managers in their own ways. But it has to be said that in that situation, they all posed a threat to each other. So I decided to tweak these deadlines for the managers. White's research into optimal performance zones tells us that performance gets better with some stress and time pressure. So I was keen to try that first. So I asked the managers to agree to some very optimistic timelines with the understanding that they could be renegotiated later if necessary. They agreed, reluctantly in some cases, as some of them had a preconception that I was the bad guy. But it worked. There was a real boost in energy from them and their entire teams. I would say it's probably something every manager should try. Although the deadlines weren't always met, the project definitely gained momentum, I would say. The final intervention that I employed concerned the interaction between two teams. They were tasked with different elements of the same project, but they were used to working in a, let's say, solitary manner without taking into account another set of priorities. When one member of the other team tried to bridge the gap, the other members of this team took it personally. They thought he was on the wrong side. Mm. So my solution was to join the two teams. The reason was, well, joining these teams is what I decided on. And I'm happy to say the strategy worked because their goals were integrated. They had no option but to work together to solve their common problems. All of these strategies resulted in the group moving from storming to performing very well as it happens. The risks were minimal. None of the strategies was high risk or likely to scare anyone off, but together they made huge differences. 
and the overall risk of failure for all parties was negated. That is a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful model in general. Never heard of it before until obviously today. And so that's why forming, storming, norming, performing. Norman doing the things over and over without any tweaks and having that hierarchy just barrel down over you and say, oh, well, this is the way things have always been. Remember that I gave you that nice little uh, developing speaking task and I told you guys about me doing an email workshop at a company last year versus three years prior. Well, three years prior, looking back at that email workshop versus the one I did last year, mine all alone, all alone was far better than what I did with collaboratively with another individual and three other people who are watching me at the same time. Just because I implemented some personal development into it. So this guy, him being a consultant and him just making some tweaks and ended up going from storming and norming to performing. The littlest things, just like, like having a meeting room with more sunlight. Guys, think about it. Are you more, I realized that working at the old job that I used to work at, there were no windows in there. The only time I saw sunlight is when I left. However, that same language center all the way on the other side of town, which is probably about 60 to 70 kilometers away, uh, this specific place ended up being far better because in each of the classrooms, they had a big window. It was more comfortable. You know, there was more sunlight. It was more easy versus the just dark places that I was consistently in. So if we look at some of the places, such as, you know, the, 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 the company that I was training at this morning, massive, uh, what is it? A massive outlook of the city. I could look over all of the buildings. I got these beautiful condos over here. I'm looking at the inner city and the CBD areas, also known as Central World. And for some reason, I just feel much more livelier. Versus being on the 24th floor, which was just the floor above, uh, and not having any windows around. So that natural sunlight does play a difference. And so if we look at intergroup conflict, these are people who fight with each other. And I thought it was even an even more fascinating point that he said, looked at each other as competitors rather than team members. I think this is un believably important. See, because I know what my intent is, my integrity, my capabilities, and the results I deliver, all thanks to you wonderful individuals, because, you know, just putting it, you know, into perspective, I've had 18,000 ESL podcast plays over the last 90 days. I've had this podcast for 22 months, though. So in one year, if we add up 18,000 consistently for one year, every three months, that totals out to what? 72,000. My overall podcast play right now stands at 75,000. So that means if it continues going the way it has, I will gross more than 72,000 in just a year versus the 75,000 in 22 months. Does that make any sense? That means I am consistently improving. Now, when we look at competitors, I don't look at competitors from a perspective, but looking back at the workplaces that I've been at, I know my intent, my, my credibility and everything, obviously because it's ESL podcast and what I deliver 
to companies and to people all around the world. However, did I think other people were threats to me? I thought they were threats to me, not from a perspective that they knew more, but the fact that they didn't like me, they had a personal vendetta against me and that they were willing to take, they were willing to do whatever it took to take as much money out of my pocket as they possibly can by implementing preconceived notions about me. Ooh, I don't think you could do this class. I don't think you could do this. I said, oh my God, man, I gotta get out of here. And I left. And it was by far one of the best decisions, the best decision of my life. Of course, the majority of them have been. So looking back, going from competitive to teamwork, oh, that reduces everything. You know, I remember walking into that job, what, three years ago, and feeling the hate, the anxiety, the the constant bickering of different subjects, of different matters, and nothing was ever changing. But you know what? I never had that anxiety going anywhere else. There's a place just up the street. I worked there. It could be on and off, probably one day a week. It could be up to four days a week sometimes. But luckily, you know, at this time, it's very, very low. But I will work there. And I know every time I walk in, no one's going to complain to me. Everyone's going to say, hello, we're going to strike up a conversation. It's all easy going. If I look at another place that I work at, same, same language center, but it's on the other side of town. I walk in there, those three women, they're absolutely wonderful. They're unbelievable beings. Now, the teachers who are there, I have no reason to speak to them because, well, they're over 60. Not that age matters, but it's just a complicated story being out here in Thailand. Me, I'm hungry to make a difference. They're there either for a check or they're there for all the wrong reasons. You guys get it? So I don't work in an environment where I have that competitive nature. No, I'm sorry, not competitive, but that teamwork type of, you, you know, I, I, I am my own team. And if I need teamwork I would, and it's not working, there have been times that I had to cut people loose because things just weren't working in terms of my entrepreneurship and what I have going on on my end. So with that being said, you guys have the ability to answer the questions along with the answers, pin them together, and then post on my blog or send me a message on Instagram, wherever it may be, and ask me for the answers. I'll be more than happy to give them to you. <sighs> and with that being said, guys, that is your close listening for today. If you guys have any recommendations, anything whatsoever, please let me know. And as always, I am your host, Arsenio, as usual, over and out.